Welcome to episode 5 of the Anglo Omani Society podcast. Today we welcome Hilal Alriami, who recently received a grant from the Society to power up a few educational projects with his company Salicon. We hope you enjoy. Delighted to be joined today by Hilal Alriami. Um, Hilal is passionate about education, technology, and knowledge sharing. He is the CEO of Salicon, a sustainable community development company and a thought leader in the knowledge sector in Oman. He has worked extensively with the World Economic Forum, acting as a global shaper and steering committee member. He is an entrepreneur, community builder, education advocate and project leader, with a focus on launching social enterprises to solving regional and international issues. So, Halal, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nick, for having me, and I'm delighted to be hosted by your esteemed uh, podcast for today. Great stuff. Okay, so, the first, so the first question, really, Halal, I, I want to ask you is that, over the last um, six months or so, um, I seem to get this, this real sense in Oman that the economic future of a country lies in, lies in tech, uh, innovation and, and entrepreneurship. What do you think has been responsible for this, for this new outlook? Um, I think, Nick, uh, with the ever-changing landscape that the international, regional, and local market um, has been going, I think the uh, the biggest direction into technology, whether it is various fourth IR, the fourth industrial revolution technologies, or the uh, aspirations to be a more innovative um, young force, I think uh, Oman has been really in the uh, in the space of innovation uh, for quite some time whether in a regional scape or international scape however with the with all of the challenges that everyone have been facing for the last six months the pandemic and so on um, it really pushed us even uh, to accelerate uh, our investment into the uh, innovation technology and entrepreneurship overall and as well the youth are becoming more aware and more driven uh, either to create startups into this domain or even to upskill and reskill themselves uh, for them to be more future ready and as well for them to be able to really compete at an international skip. Okay, great. So, I mean, what do you see from, from an Imadi perspective as uh, kind of main challenges and, and frictions in this, in this repivot? Uh, I think definitely the economic challenge uh, has been in the top uh, agenda. Uh, part of the Omani government direction into uh, diversification and and so on. So I think the economic element has played uh, has and is playing uh, a huge role into our direction into the uh, let's say the knowledge base uh, economy, uh, if I would say, um, as well uh, with the challenges that we have been going through, um, uh, keeping our uh, youth uh, workforce. Uh, up to date and skilled and in some areas reskilled you know with the future of work and future of skills a demand uh, as based all of the international reports whether it's from the world economic forum and others uh, has been really a huge uh, direction that the country is going through with a lot of challenges, you know, with all of these technologies changing every single day, sometimes it's quite challenging to keep up with it. So I think uh, really partnering with organizations at a um, regional uh, dimension or even international uh, dimension, I think really help us as a country moving into that sector. Um, I think lastly, you know, 
just being in a geographical space where um, you are really trying to make sure that you have a very powerful stand uh, in the, let's say, in various economical sector, for example, logistic, uh, fisheries, uh, mining, uh, manufacturing, and so on. It's really very important to have a very strong collaboration uh, and partnership with all relevant stakeholders and countries to make sure you are really uh, well positioned to play at an international scale. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it seems to me that um, in, in the initial stages of uh, the pandemic, um, Oman, definitely from an educational perspective, was, was very quick to, to get online and, and implement um, digital initiatives. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, um, as you know, Nick, you know, the education um, sector uh, has been on top of the agenda of the of the government um, since the early days. And especially when the pandemic came in, uh, we tried to implement different solutions. And as you know, uh, Nick, Oman is a quite a diverse uh, country in terms of the uh, demographics and as well in terms of the geographical diversification that we're going through. So we do have a lot of rural areas who have challenges um, in various areas to get connectivity and others. So the government has been investing for quite some time into making sure that every single student do have access to internet and resources for them to feel that they're part of the community. And as, especially with the pandemic, that efforts has been accelerated to make sure that we are um, in the right position to offer that to the students. So yes, we have been really working very hard. There's of course a long way to go to make sure that we are really providing the best we can for our students. Uh, however, you know, there have been some uh, initial um, and starting uh, steps into that area. Great, great. So, so in terms of um, the changes you would like to see over the next few months, six months, a year, um, from a from a from a government perspective, what are they? What more can the government do to to accelerate this process? I think uh, maybe a couple of main points. I think uh, first of all, uh, private uh, public partnerships, so PPP. I think uh, this is a very important topic that we really have to consider to make sure that we transition into a diverse economy. So more collaboration with the private sector and definitely Nick, more collaboration with small and medium enterprises and startups. Um, they are key drivers in a lot of economies um, uh, internationally, especially in Europe, for example. And I think working with SMEs and empowering them to be able to really deliver high quality services, not only locally, but as well internationally, will definitely play a key role uh, in our direction into the, uh, let's say, uh, the new government uh, direction uh, into reform and uh, really uh, get through the, the current challenges. And I guess as well, uh, upskilling, Nick. I think we cannot stop talking about upskilling and reskilling. You know, uh, technology uh, has is really changing. The, uh, let's say the supply and demand of the workforce has been changing, I mean, rapidly in the past six months. So I think keeping or adapting to the workforce skills that we need. I think it's something that we really want the government to have a closer eye into it and definitely they're already working with different entities um, to do that. Um, I would say as well, um, clear communication strategies, you know, with the with different stakeholders in the government and really working together uh, will really support 
the SMEs, uh, the small and medium enterprises and individuals to know how they can really contribute. Because with the midst of all of these challenges, Nick, sometimes you get overwhelmed and you don't know how can you contribute and how can you support uh, the government, different entities to really do their job at, uh, at a better scale. So I think maybe these are a couple of key points that we'd like the government to really have a closer look um, into it, keeping us informed of their future direction whenever they're clear um, at their side. Definitely more involvement from the youth at different levels of the government, economic, uh, uh, in the economic area or even in the political landscape. I think it's very important that the youth are really engaged and informed of where the country is heading and what are our future um, agenda, uh, let's say, uh, in all the main uh, sectors in a mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, so I've definitely noticed over over the last year that there's quite a lot of kind of promising startups uh, and, and SMEs um, emerging from the kind of Omani um, ecosystem. Are there any particular ones that you would you would highlight as as um, kind of being models to to emulate? I think um, in terms of startups. We have really been, uh, you know, working in different sectors to improve uh, startups, uh, let's say, growth in the region. Uh, I think we definitely can do more. Uh, I'm not 100%, let's say, satisfied that we have done enough. I think we can definitely do more to, to support. But I think, you know, we do have a couple of startups, so maybe I can mention a couple of them on top of my head. For example, uh, we have a company called eMushrif which is one of the leading Omani startups uh, in the logistics uh, sector that have been really uh, working very hard um, in Oman and as well they have already branched out to Kuwait and other GCC countries and hopefully inshallah moving to the to the international scape have been doing amazing in the logistics sector and actually their founder, co-founder and CEO have been nominated in the top I think 35 Forbes most successful people in the Middle East actually which is a huge uh, achievement that, uh, you know, for us as, as a very young uh, ecosystem in the startup area. I think we do have a lot of companies, let's say, in the uh, data management, data or business transformation, business intelligence uh, sector that I think we can definitely work with more. We have a company called Rihal, who's as well working very hard in the space. We have many, many companies, let's say, even in, in tourism, you know, in tech tourism, in education tourism, um, and others, of course, there's so many in my head, but I mean, just wanted to highlight that we do have SMEs or startups in, are working in different sectors. Uh, they do need more support. I think, um, with the chat, with what, if we have learned something from the pandemic is we really need to look into the region and international markets very closely and not only depend on the local market, because I really believe that the local market, uh, let's say in Oman, is a launching pad for startups to go internationally. So I think maybe these are maybe a couple of the startups that come to mind. There is plenty, plenty more. I think you guys have already hosted a couple of them within articles or in podcasts. But if we go through that, we need a separate episode to speak about you know, the amazing startups that Oman have been really pushing forward in different sectors. Yeah, absolutely. And because it, I, Oman seems so well placed um, for so many reasons, to, as you said, for for um, startups even looking to to launch um, 
their services in the Middle East and expand to, to the GCC. Um, I mean, if you, if you were to sell Oman to, to an international audience um, from a kind of entrepreneurship perspective, what would be the, what, would, what do you think would be the unique selling point? What would you say? Um, I think if I would answer that question in, in like, let's say in one unique selling point, um, I guess if we put our mind into something, we do deliver it to our maximum capacity. I think um, Oman uh, at uh, you know at a general scape and let's say youth in particular are very determined and have a high level of resilience into different challenges that they might face. So I think the uh, the youth in Oman are very um, hardworking, definitely, uh, like to uh, reskill themselves sometimes in different areas. Um, we are well connected as a country and as well as youth. We do represent ourselves in different, uh, let's say, um, organizations, NGOs, non-for-profits, and so on. So maybe these are a couple of the unique select points. Uh, we do have um, a lot of Omani youth who as well studied abroad. So we have a lot of well-connected Omani who have been graduated from various universities around the world who really have that, you know, element of networking. And as well, they have been exposed to a lot of ecosystems internationally. For them, they can really translate and uh, share those kind of knowledge um, back in Oman, you know, to share with their colleagues and other, and other startups. And I guess, you know, something... I guess it's a unique selling point in all sectors, not only in the startups, is that we like to help each other. You know, we are a very uh, interlinked society in Oman. So I think helping each other, supporting each other, uh, making sure that we deliver through others, I think these are maybe a couple of the key unique selling points that Oman can really invest in to make sure that we go at a, at a bigger scale. And at a, at a kind of structural level, how would you compare the, the digital ecosystem in Omar now and that whole startup landscape to to other countries and to other GCC countries like the UAE and Saudi Arabia, etc. Mm. Are um are Oman, you know, slightly behind but but catching up quickly? How would you how would you interpret that? I think that's a very good question, Nick. Um I mean, the ecosystem overall in the GCC um, have been evolving very rapidly, okay? And I think um, Oman has really been catching up to the ecosystem. I think, I, I won't say that we are behind. I think we are moving in a steady pace, uh, catching up with the other GCC countries. However, we are really uh, aiming to invest more and more into the ecosystem for us to really catch up to the leading GCC countries, for example. Um, as youth, I think we are ready. We just need to make sure that we have the right skills and abilities. As a government, 100% we need more investment into the ecosystem. I think we need the government to start talking to each other and really building a very healthy and well-structured ecosystem overall. So I don't think we are there yet. I think we are quite long far from where we need, we want, we're aiming to get, you know, especially with uh, Oman 2040 vision 
that we want to be leading in innova- innovation and technology and education. I think the ecosystem in Oman really needs a closer eye and see how can we put the pieces um, together. But I have no doubt that the Omani youth and the startups community overall have the stamina, the dedication, the aspirations, definitely, to compete not at a GCC level, at an international level. That's, that's something I have no doubt on. Great. And, and if you, um, obviously within Oman, you have the, the kind of government capacity building, um, a lot of kind of private enterprises which, which are focusing on, um, on entrepreneurship, but also kind of international collaboration, as you said, will also play a, play a key part of that. You've seen some really great stuff coming out of initiatives like the, the UK Oman Digital Hub um, recently. I mean, what, what do you think of uh, the main opportunities um, for international collaboration? Who would you like to see Oman working with more and where? I think the ecosystem in Oman is, uh, let's say the startup ecosystem in Oman is um, quite diverse. And I think building international collaboration is key to make sure that we do understand uh, international benchmarks when it comes to uh, startups. As well, we can share knowledge and understand uh, how um, other people are building or enhancing the ecosystem. So, for example, you mentioned the Oman UK uh, Digital Hub, which is a great initiative that really are enabling our youth to uh, upskill themselves in the area of cyber security and other technology-related skills. I guess, you know, um, international collaboration. So Oman have collaborated with the World Economic Forum, WEF, to be one of the first leading uh, Middle East countries to launch a... Uh, a future of skills uh, kind of programs in Oman. We do have a couple of them in Oman, actually. And we have been in close contact with the WEF to see how can we scale it at a bigger scale. So we do have very close connection with the World Economic Forum. I think we are working with other international organizations like the IMF and others uh, with the international um, labor organization. Uh, I think those kind of collaboration do help. However, I think we really as well need to work with tech uh, industry-based companies. So, for example, the Microsoft of the world and Googles and Tesla and Amazon and the others. I think those kind of collaboration will as well add a huge technology value to our startup, to our ecosystems. And sometimes we really don't have to invest much. I think we just need to look to what we have at the moment and how can we direct it or reinvest it. So, for example, we do have a lot of students who are studying abroad, living abroad, or even working abroad. And they are in some countries who have some really established, well-renowned ecosystems. So I think redirecting the Omani youth or the Omani Omanis in general who are living and staying abroad to those kind of ecosystems to learn more, to educate uh, themselves and say, how can we transfer that to Oman? I think those are the huge investments that will really come back to us with the most benefits. I would say because you'll be building something from the ground and you'll be really taking them to the next level. And with those international collaboration, I think the ecosystem will really start to flourish and become more structured and more healthy as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and when we talk about um, kind of future skills, if you were, if you were, I know in Salicon you work, you work quite closely with, um, with, with, with school children. Uh, if you were to say to them, if you were to give them advice and, and tell them or give, tell, uh, tell them what, courses to study um what would you say i mean what are what do you think are the future skills which are which are going to be of paramount importance 
um, in the next decade? Mm, that's as well a very good question, Nick, for that. Um, I think as as Salikun, I mean, we have been working with um, um, the youth spectrum target audience. I would say uh, we have worked with uh, uh, students uh, from grade uh, ten to twelve and younger than that. We worked with students from universities, scholar students who are abroad. As well, we have worked with corporates um, to support the innovation uh, roadmap uh, in different areas. And And I would say that what we really need the student at school to focus on are the two main pillars, okay? We have the technical skills, and then we have the soft skills. When we say the technical skills, I think we definitely need more hardcore programmers, okay? I think what we are noticing now that we have more people taking horizontal skills than vertical skills. So I think we definitely need more vertical skills. So if you are aim, if you're in love with programming, go deep into programming. So I think definitely programming, uh, <clears throat> and all various data-related uh, technologies like you know big data, um, cloud computing, data visualization, and others, who really will give you that um, strength there. Uh, definitely, cybersecurity is a huge area that we need more people to get into their hands-on into it. Um, IoT and others. So I think in the technical spectrum, I think getting proficient with an area really well will enable us to really be able to go step-by-step horizontal and still go deep. And that's, and that's what we really needed to work on. In the soft skills, you know, I think there's no doubt. You know, emotional intelligence Uh, problem-solving, um, leadership, thought leadership, you know, all of this kind of soft element uh, that we really need our youth to be equipped with because you might have some really good technical skills. And sometimes for you to go at a higher level and as well to have a huge impact, you need that soft element to complement what you have. So I think building the right leadership skills Uh, I think there's a lot of you know reports that saying what kind of future soft skill that we need, uh, whether it's from the from the emotional intelligence, problem solving, critical thinking, design thinking, agile thinking, all these kind of things. And the core thing is you need to know how to work it out with others. You need to how you need to del- know how to deliver through others. Um, I think those are maybe the key. let's say, elements that I would like to, you know, advise uh, not only uh, uh, school kids, even us, you know, as as youth going into this very challenging uh, landscape to have those things. And I'd like to close, Nick, you know, my advice uh, with saying that I think every youth uh, aiming to change something in their society, their community, their country, at any level, locally, regionally, or globally, I think they really need to look into what kind of added value they're adding to whatever they're doing. I think once you feel that you're not adding a value to what, what you know, the space that you're doing, your community, your family, your startups, I think you need to really look into either a different direction or rethink what you're doing. So always be a person who's adding value to wherever they go, whether it's from a, let's say, a financial perspective or even from, you know, a social perspective. At the end of the day, we need to be a more proactive, impactful thought leaders in our own scale as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, Halal, that's, uh, that, that's, a, that's a great point uh, to end on. It, it's really 
all about the youth. It's, it's placing the youth at the, the, the heart and centre of um, definitely yes of what the world, what in mind and what the world's going to look like in in ten years time. Yes, 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 definitely. Absolutely. Well, um, Hilal, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, that's been a really insightful um, and engaging chat, and um, I can't help but feel there's. There's, there's such a sense of, as I said at the beginning, of, of optimism in Oman at the moment. Um, and, it, and the future looks bright. I think I think the sense of urgency, uh, everyone have uh, you know been feeling it for a while now with all of the challenges that we really need to move faster and accelerate you know all the plans that we have. I think Nick, if you if everyone had a look at the Oman twenty forty vision, uh, at all of its main pillars and uh, directions and diversification aspiration into it, I think they'll understand the um, enormous aspirations that the government, the youth the next generation will have from the government and the uh, private sector, government sector, and the civil society. So I think our direction is becoming more clear. Aspirations are there. We need to definitely work hard and smart and work on our um, young workforce and definitely share the knowledge from the more experienced and mature people in our in, uh, in our community and really have the, those those main pillars in the division at our center of our direction. So we all work together uh, in a harmony to reach to reach where we want to end. Uh, for Oman and you know for the for the region as well uh, as being a key player uh, in the region as well as Oman. Brilliant, excellent, Hello, Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening to another AOS podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the society, please head to ao-soc.org, and we look forward to welcoming you next week.